Uh, so I have been playing, I've actually been playing some games because I've had some spare time. Oh, nice. You took uh, some time over the holidays to do a little gaming, I see. Yes. Well, I actually won. I won a £20 PlayStation voucher on Twitter. Oh, really? For a competition. Really? Yeah. Uh, so that sort of, I was like, all right, I've got £20. And there was a big sale on. So I was like, well, this is great. Um, and I picked up my, fe- my friend Pedro. And I think I texted you about it. And you said, yeah, I recommended that like a year ago. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's true i've played it on the switch and i love it i mean it's it's ultra violent but in a cartoony way and it's like it's just a guy who's pirouetting through the air shooting bad guys as he goes it's like an it's like one long action sequence in an over-the-top john wick type of movie right yeah i mean this is and i remember i do remember now you recommending it and i think i saw that a playstation version was coming because mm-hmm. um, the PlayStation version didn't come out until April last year, but the Switch was a, a while before that. I think it was a year year prior Yeah, it's to been that. a while. Yeah, it's been a while. I didn't realize it was on a PlayStation. Yeah, so I saw this, I think it was like 6 or £7 or something in the sale, and I thought, yeah, I remember this. I remember seeing a video, and it looked really cool. And I basically sat there for like six hours straight and oh, just wow. played the whole game all the way through. Because um, you're right, it it feels like... Like, John Wick is such a good example where it's just, like, you're jumping and you can shoot, like, five or six people and you go into slow motion and you get all these different right. weapons. Like, this is a hell of a lot of fun for this game. It does a pretty good job, too, I think, of teaching the controls as you go so that it's not, like, overly hard at first because as you go through, you get a lot more moves and things you can do with the controller, which is which is really neat. I mean, it's... It's a game that's also, in a way, kind of a puzzle game in in a sense, because you have to kind of find your way through the various part, you know, the various levels from one stage to the next, uh, and shooting people, of course, as you go along. But but yeah, you, you know, there's little tricks to getting from one place to another and taking out all the bad guys. Yeah, and I kind of like it because they introduce like I think the first thing they do is the frying pan. Um, and you can shoot the frying pan up in the air, and if you shoot oh, that, right, the right. bullets will kill people. Um, you know, you get the, like, to dodge bullets, you're just spinning round and just, like, randomly shooting in places and hoping <laughs> right. you hit people. Like, this is, you know, it's not it's not game of the year. It's not, like, the most amazing game I've ever played, but it's, like, this perfect game where it's just, like, right, it's, like, five hours or something, basically, and you can finish it. But it's just fun all the way through. Yeah, it, it's really neat. I, I kind of hope that they do expansion packs, although I guess at this point, maybe not, because it's been out for quite a while. But uh, it, it, it's a it's a game that I think could really continue to be fun through playing through different environments and, and adding some different characters and moves and things like that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm just on the Wikipedia page, and it would appear as though it was basically made by one person. Um, really wow one guy on so it the developer is dead toast entertainment but listed under designer programmer artist and writer is one dude um so i mean if that's the case like it's even more impressive yeah because it's not i mean there are lots of games that are one person games but they're not to this level of polish and graphics and and mechanics usually no i mean like i say until now i just assumed it was a you know, maybe a team of 10 or 20, something like right. that, um, which is generally what you'd expect for a 
sort of smaller game like this. Because um, another one I played was Unravel 2, um, which is... Oh, yeah. What did you think of that? Because I actually almost picked that up with the sale because that was only like maybe 8 or $9 too, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's it's as good as the first one, I think. And it, it adds the the mechanic of having a second Yanni character. So the right. the mechanics of swinging around, there's more to it um, than there was in the first game because you sort of... You can swing up, but then the second one has to jump off, and you know you get a lot more out of it. Or at least it's different enough from the first game that it's you know it's enough of a progress, uh, enough of a progression onto, onto is the it next a, game. Is it a two is it a two player co op thing, or is it just that you control both of them? No, you what well, you can play it two player, um, but you can also play it one player, which is what I did. Um, oh, okay, so you can just switch between the two. Um, and like you can jump on the other one's back so for the most part you're just running along as what looks like one character Um, and then when you need to do the two-player stuff you just jump off and and do what you need to do huh that's interesting i yeah i i should look and see if those deals are still on they were as of new year's eve i think they're probably done by now but there were a lot of good deals on the playstation store this year well it may be worth looking because in the uk the sale doesn't end until the 19th um, oh, all right. So it possibly could be the same in the US, but yeah, I think, I think I played like five pound for both of them in the oh, in the Christmas great. sale, which is like I mean I'd already played the first one. I think I have it on the Xbox, um, but I figured for five pound it doesn't really matter that much if I've got the first right. one again. Right. No, that sounds really good. I I didn't play a lot of games over the Christmas holiday. I played a little bit of Hades. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, so I did a little bit of that. Uh, and I played a little bit of 3DS, uh, which I just like going back to the older games once in a while. So I did a little bit of that, but for the most part, I didn't do a lot of gaming. I'm, I'm planning to, I'm still on the hunt for a PS5, but I've kind of put that on the shelf. I mean, as far as I can tell, there are no new ones coming out. I, mean, I haven't heard any announcements. I, well, recently. I read an article this about three hours ago, uh, claiming that there's a bunch more stock coming in the next two weeks. Oh, that would be good. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know whether that was specific to Europe or, or I can't even remember where I saw it now, if I'm honest. I just saw a headline right. somewhere. Um, but it does seem like potentially there's more stock coming at some point. Well, that would be cool. I'm, you know, I'm not, I don't have my heart set on it anymore. Christmas has passed. I got my, my AirPods Max finally. So uh, I've been enjoying those. They're They're pretty amazing headphones. Yeah, I, I like. I think I can't, I can't remember if you had them before when we spoke before, but you know, I, I've listened to a few podcasts and friends have got them and stuff. And you know, I mean, I've said this before, like I really like them, but I just I don't have a need for them right now because I don't go anywhere and I don't wear headphones at home because I, you know, I'm just in a room by myself. Right, right. I, you know, I actually do kind of like having the noise cancellation at home because. Uh, my my office is next to the furnace room in our house, and in the wintertime, it blows really loud and gets kind of loud. So having the headphones on is kind of creates a little bit of peace and quiet for me. So I like I like doing that. But uh, but yeah, I don't use them all day long. I've been using you know listening. I still listen a lot on HomePods, uh, which we can talk about in a second. But uh, but I do like having the headphones for when I don't want to disturb someone else with whatever I'm listening to. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, well, before we get on to HomePods, and I mean that in the most plural way possible. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I also picked up Immortals Phoenix Rising, which you were asking me about, and it 
It used to be called Gods and Monsters. I think it was announced like last year or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, to look at this game, like if you just heard about it, it's made by Ubisoft. It's Greek mythology. It's made by the same people that did Assassin's Creed Odyssey, like the same team. Um, but they wanted to do like a sort of more, I don't know what you could, like a, a or more fantastic sort of over the top uh, Greek type thing. But like uh-huh. so for me, like these kinds of cross platform sort of, you know, generic games are not normally something I'd be interested in. But I saw a review of it and I saw it was on sale and I thought, oh, I'll just pick it up. And I've played like, I don't know, 20, 25 hours and I'm still in the first area. Uh, so I think I'm wow. going to get a lot of hours out of this game. Wow, sounds like it. That that's uh what, what so what's it kind of like? I mean, what's the what's the mechanic all about? Yeah, so the thing this keeps getting compared to is Breath of the Wild because it is exactly the same. Uh, <laughs> it is, um I mean, I I showed you before, but I tweeted a screenshot of this game but with the title Breath of the Wild 2017. Um and somebody responded and said, great game, and I still don't know if they were joking or if they realized the screenshot wasn't Breath of the Wild because it yeah. looks identical. Yeah, no, it does look an awful lot like it. I mean, that's that's interesting. I mean, and what aspects of it do you like maybe better than Breath of the Wild or that or don't quite live up to that game? Yeah, well, I mean, I didn't particularly... I could never get into Breath of the Wild. I tried it a couple of times and it just... I mean, I think what got me was the the weapons breaking all the time and the uh, the yeah. cooking mechanic. I just I am not a tedious, right? Like I'm not interested in that at all. And this game basically takes Breath of the Wild and gets rid of those things that I didn't like. Um, you know, it still has I can't remember what they're called in Breath of the Wild. Like the what do you call it? Like the fight, the things where you go in and like fight something, and there's there's like hundreds of them all over the map. Uh, they're like. I can't remember what they're called in it, uh, but they're like got like puzzles and stuff in it. And you get to sure. the end and then you leave, like whatever they're called. Like it's got those all over the map. I mean, even some of the enemies like look kind of the same as Breath of the Wild. Like it's huh. it's amazing that they haven't been sued yet. Um, I'm I'm not really sure where the line is. But, <laughs> yeah, um, heavily inspired by Breath of the Wild, right? Exactly. Like it has the gliding mechanic. Um, the the dodge and the way it all slows down is the same. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, there's a lot of it that's the same, but like because it doesn't have the world feels a lot more filled up than Breath of the Wild does. Like Breath of the Wild feels very empty. Like there's just not a lot going on at all. Sure, interesting. Yeah, that, that's that that is definitely. I think if there's a criticism to Breath of the Wild, it is that it's a bit of an empty world that you really have to kind of make what you're going to make of it yourself there's not you know there's there's le- there's not a lot to do sometimes it feels like uh, i kind of like that because i find it kind of mellow and and a nice way to you know i just enjoy wandering around that atmosphere but but i can see that absolutely it sounds like an interesting game i haven't i haven't checked this out yet yeah I, again like i say it's the kind of thing i would normally avoid because i tend to go for you know, platform exclusives or, you know, smaller indie games that I know have had a lot of sort of effort put into them. I'm sure. That's not to say this game isn't doesn't look nice, because it does. It looks really good, and it, it plays pretty well. I haven't really had any 
major crashes. I think I had one crash in like 25 hours. Um, but you know in these games, like it's on the PC, the Switch, PS4, PS5, Stadia, which is Google's thing, plus the, yeah. the old Xbox and the new Xbox. It's like, I look at that and I'm like, could it really be any worth my time? But actually, I'm really enjoying it. So you know, I'm kind of glad I picked it up when it was on sale. Yeah, no, it does sound it does sound interesting. You know, it's funny you mentioned Stadia. I I almost signed up for Stadia over the break to try it out on the iPhone because they're doing one of those progressive web apps, right? And, I, and I'm just curious what playing a game on a you know through a progressive web app is like, and because I've got good Wi-Fi at home, it's fast. You know, I can probably get like 300 plus megabytes down in certain parts of the house. And so I think it would probably be pretty good. Plus, I mean, I'd do something crazy like attaching it. You know, I'd probably take my iPad Pro and connect uh, an Ethernet cable to it just to see what it would be like with full gigabit uh, Ethernet attached to an iPad Pro playing something on Stadia. But I haven't done it yet. I mean, it's, uh, it's I don't know, it's something to maybe think of for the wintertime because it's going to get awfully boring cooped up in, inside in the cold weather all, all winter long. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like I say, this this game is on it. I mean, you can get like Cyberpunk and Assassin's Creed. Like all all that stuff is on Stadia, but I, like I said, I have no idea how it performs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting to see. Hmm. Well, I'd be interesting to see once you get further into that game if you uh, what you think of the rest of it because it sounds sounds like a good one. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to uh, jumping in at the weekend again. So I got a couple of days off beginning of next week as well. So. Uh, that, that will be mostly just playing this. <laughs> ah, very nice, very nice. Well, uh, Rob, we should talk about the HomePod Mini because I have very many HomePod Minis in my home now. And, and how many HomePod Minis well, do you have? I, I have purchased five. I have been loaned two by Apple, and two of them went to my sons who don't live in our house. So there are five in my house, basically. One for my in my son's bedroom, one in my bedroom, one connected to a TV that we're using as a uh, using Fitness Plus with, you know, kind of made a yep. took a room and made it a makeshift exercise area during the the pandemic, and then two in my office that are paired as a stereo pair just for listening to music, and I really like them. I mean, they're the sound quality is doesn't match the big HomePod or the AirPods Max or anything like that. But I mean, at $100, you really can't really expect that. Mm -hmm. It's just the bass is not quite as deep. The sound doesn't quite resonate or isn't as well defined as a full-sized HomePod. But it's still really, it's still remarkably good for something that's only like, I think it's a little over, it's basically, it's not quite a a perfect sphere. It's 3.3 inches tall and 3.8 wide uh and it sounds i you know it sounds good uh the other things that i think are kind of interesting about it are they include thread radios and thread is something that it's one of those technologies that i've got my eye on it's been around since 2014 so it's not really new but apple's involvement in it is relatively new it's uh amazon and google have signed on with this thread group and thread is really just a protocol that's based on IPv6, which has been around for a long time and is not, you know, a proprietary standard by any means. So it has the benefit of being a kind of a known quantity, 
but it's also got you know security layers built in. It's super low power, and it's got good range, uh, and it creates what it does is it creates a mesh network. So, if you've ever heard, if you ever use Hue lights, Hue lights require a hub. A lot of different home automation stuff these days still requires a separate hub, which gets to be annoying fast because if you have like a Wi-Fi router, you'll have all these hubs hanging off of it. <laughs> <laughs> and what what a thread radio does is it turns the HomePod Mini, it turns the hub into a feature instead of a separate piece of hardware. So the HomePod Mini has a thread radio in it, and the HomePod Mini becomes what they call a border router. So it's an independent network hanging off of your Wi-Fi network, and it's a network of the compatible home kit devices. Now, right now, there aren't a lot of these. Like, Apple sent me a uh, NanoLeaf light bulb, and it's literally right. the only thing in my home automation setup that is thread compatible. So it doesn't really have anybody to talk to at this point other than one of the minis. So I haven't really given that a thorough testing. But Eve, which is another big manufacturer that has a lot of products out in Europe and the U.S., uh, they they are supporting it. Uh, some of other NanoLeaf's other products are supporting it, and there's going to probably be more to come. But what it does is, so since it's a separate mesh network that hangs off of your your Wi-Fi network, even if your Wi-Fi goes down, this network still works, and your devices still work because they can still communicate with each other, which is really nice. And it's very low. It's it's better than Bluetooth in the sense that it has better range, and it uses less power. So they claim that you can have a device that will run on a AA battery for like two years, for instance. Huh. Which is really nice for things like door and window sensors or locks, anything that where you wouldn't, you wouldn't want a wire hanging off of it, where you couldn't really give it a dedicated power source. Uh, it's perfect for that sort of thing. Um, but but the, the concept is very much like what happens with the Hue bulbs because the same thing happens with Philip Hue bulbs is that they communicate over Zigbee, which is another one of these home automation standards. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but like I said, the, the thread standard has the benefit of not having to have a hub and has some of these other things built into it. So it's kind of neat. I'm looking forward to seeing where this all goes. It's good that uh, Google, Amazon, and, and Apple are all on board with it. What it will also mean is that ultimately – you won't have to be looking for those stickers on the box necessarily. You know, you, you won't have to see which smart home assistant it works with. If it's a thread device, it'll just work with all of them once they've all adopted it. Yeah, I mean that's that sounds nice. I mean that that's the kind of thing I want before I buy any smart stuff. You know, I've I've got some Echoes and I've got a whatever Google's little mini thing is. Right. Um but like I'm not really interested in investing in anything because it just it all feels so closed off right now. Like even when it's like, oh, it's HomeKit or maybe it works with the Echo and it's like I don't I'm not getting into any of this right now. Right. And then it gets confusing, like what, what features is supported by which ecosystem and all that. It gets it it's kind of a kind of a mess right now. And this is supposed to clean that up. I mean, it it's also nice in that the uh as i said the thread radios use very little power um i don't know i mean i'm waiting to see what happens it's it's i'm 
hopeful that it takes off. It's great that all these companies are involved and that hopefully things will be more compatible going forward. One thing that's nice too is like these nano leaf bulbs. You know, nano leaf is a company that makes these weird geometric shaped light panels you might have seen before. Yes, I have seen those. They change colors and things. That those those are kind of cool, but they don't they're but the the other thing nano leaf has done is they've started getting into the more regular home lighting market. So in addition to those panels, they now have the thing that I got, which is just a regular light bulb. But it's what's interesting about it is a, besides the fact that the this, this tech specs of it are almost identical to the Philips Hue bulbs. But instead of being $50, it's $20. So it's significantly less expensive. Wow. And, and it doesn't require a hub. So And they're also totally sold out now <laughs> because I think people have <laughs> realized that this is really good. Same goes for their light strip. They do like an LED light strip thing, very similar to what Philips does. Again, significantly less expensive. And, um, you know, if, if they can keep up the stock, I would definitely go with these products um, because the light bulb has worked really well for me. The, uh, the other difference between Bluetooth and Thread is latency. There's very low latency. So when you turn these lights on, it's almost instantaneous, which is definitely not true all the time when you have hubs involved. Because there's more routing of traffic going to various places. Sure, yeah, yeah. I'm just looking at their website now, and, and I mean, you're right. Everything's sold out, which is a real shame. Because actually, <laughs> I know at 18 pound for a bulb, this is way more interesting to me. You know, right? Because, because it's actually like a price I'd probably be willing to pay at least. You know, maybe for a couple of rooms or just for one or something like that. Yeah, fifty dollars for a light bulb is a pretty big investment. I mean, they last forever, but on the other hand. You know, if if this, I'm not sure if they're cheaper because Nanoleaf is just able to make these cheaper or whether it's a factor of the thread system that they're using. But regardless, uh, it's creating significant competition that you're right. I mean, it's the kind of thing where I would go out instead of buying just a single, you know, buying a single bulb doesn't get you very far. But if, you know, for the same price, you can get three or around three. That's really great, um, and it'll make it a lot more useful to people. So Thread promises a lot. Not a reason to buy a HomePod Mini yet because there's not a lot out there supporting it, but something to keep an eye on. Yeah, I've, I've do- been thinking about replacing the the big Echo that we have in our kitchen. It's one of the original ones. and Oh, yeah. When you, when you twist the volume thing on the top now, it doesn't quite work right anymore. Like if you <laughs> twist it down, sometimes it goes up. Uh, so we probably need to replace that at some point. But, I mean, I must have bought that, like, what, five years ago or something when they came out in the UK? Yeah, and they're pretty big. And I, I, I bet you would be, whether you got another Echo as one of the newer, smaller Echoes, or you got a HomePod Mini, I'm sure the sound quality is a lot better. I just I just know, of having spoken to Federico about this recently, he pulled out an old original Echo himself and was listening to it, and then he compared it to the HomePod Mini, and he said it, you know, the Mini sound quality was a lot, a lot better, which you'd expect. I mean, it's just they're very different devices that came out at totally different times. But uh, Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but so there's that, and then, you know... I. The other thing about so I'm, one of the things about this is aside from just enjoying listening to music and being kind of excited about the future of home automation stuff, is that it's a little bit like those nano leaf bulbs because the HomePod Mini is only a hundred dollars. You can, for the price of one HomePod, 
buy three of them if you wanted to. And having them available in more parts of the house really does increase their value to me because I can move music around the house or play it all over the place all at once. And I have Siri within our earshot. And you know, Siri is still not great. I mean, there are still problems with Siri, but a lot of times if you're cooking dinner and you want to add a reminder, you know, add something to your grocery list, or you just want to get a quick read on the weather or the news or whatever it is, Siri works perfectly well for some of those simple things. And that's really all I use it for. So I've been happy having that in more parts of the house because we really didn't have any of that sort of thing in any of the bedrooms in the past. And I don't use the HomePod mini on my bedside table a lot, but you know, pretty frequently as I'm getting ready for bed, I'll listen to a podcast, you know, get ready in the morning, I'll listen to a podcast or I'll listen to a little music in the evening, that kind of thing. And it's nice for that. Um, so overall, thumbs up. Yeah, do you know what? I think you've convinced me. I might buy one. <laughs> might just uh... <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and you're ready. You'll be thread ready when it when it all when all the thread when the great thread future descends upon us. Right. Well, exactly. I mean, that isn't, and that's what's most important to me right now is being thread ready. <laughs> I, know. Oh, I know. You know, it's one of those things. Like thread, the thread radio was in a footnote of the tech specs. And no one really understood what it meant at the time, but uh, it is kind of interesting. I guess it's not entirely clear to me. It looks like the HomeKit implementation requires that devices have both Bluetooth and a thread radio in them f- to work with HomeKit. And I don't know if that's like the, be- the, the first inklings of some sort of balkanization of of uh thread that will where there there are there's thread but it's not necessarily compatible across companies but uh i'm hoping that companies keep these things inter- interoperable i think it overall will grow the the smart home market more than it would you know give them an advantage to have something proprietary yeah definitely definitely i didn't realize that apple sold all this stuff on you've got me looking at nano leaf stuff now I'm, yeah, I'm they, sell, they 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 say that it's ten to twelve weeks to deliver on the light strips. I know because I I was I had my eye on those for my studio. Right. Oh no, I want those hexagons. Uh. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. You could do some. I've seen if you go to their website because they have a lot of interesting things people have done, like designed with them. Because there's, I think they can the hexagons can be split into triangles, and there's all mm-hmm. kinds of different patterns and shapes you can do, which looks pretty interesting. Yeah, all of this stuff is sold out on Apple's website as well. So yeah, I, I think that that product of theirs is more expensive. These this other stuff that they call their essentials line is a little more, you know, a little more reasonable. But uh, but the but the hexagons are just cool. Well, exactly. I thought they'd look, <laughs> so nice. They'd look nice in my office. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Well, maybe maybe next time I'll have a HomePod Mini, but we'll see. Um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My whole job is to convince people to spend more money than they should. So I feel like my job today has been accomplished. I mean, we've been doing this for four years now, just convincing each other to buy things. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> All right, Rob. Well, good talking to you. I'm happy New Year. It's good to be back and and recording again. And I guess we'll be back in a, a couple of weeks. Yeah, brilliant. All right. All right. Talk to you later. Bye.